medical aesthetics. It's like such a trend. Med spa ownership. I want to be like a boss babe. So you want to break into the industry or maybe you're already in the biz and like what the f***? What the f***? Ladies and gentlemen, Patty Rappa, med spa mentor and business guru's got you. Thank God. Welcome to illuminating the path to all things med spa RX. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back. So excited to be chatting with you this season. We are focusing on business. Um, lots of different change and just shifts in the industry happening. And so we're reeling it into doing more of a focus on how do we cash flow our med spas? How, if you're starting and you're just getting into this space, how do you make sure you can stay in this space, stay booked, stay nice and healthy, and ultimately not have to sacrifice quality or consistency or worse, you know, sanity. And so what we're looking at right now is how do we retain the patient if the patients, and most of us have seen some dips in the numbers. Um, there's always conversation and chatter about, you know, who's doing what. We had a rough, um, I would say, summer uh, compared to other summers. I mean, I've been doing this for like 14 years now. And so it's been um, very much about understanding the, the flow. And we know that summer slows, you you know, beauty services, you know, self-care, all that stuff. People take, you know, time and they go on vacations and they spend time with their families and stuff. So it's not as prevalent, but this summer was a little bit more of a lull. And I kind of chalk it up to the fact, you know, we had some weird stuff going on with the economy. We've had some, you know, uncertainties out there, you know, government telling us there's aliens now, you know, lots of different things happening. So yeah, people are getting a little bit more um, reeled in with their expenses and how much they're spending on themselves and all that good stuff. And the, you know, reports right now are saying that, you know, people are living paycheck to paycheck because a lot has been taken out of their um, excess cash flow. So how is, you know, how are we supposed to manage that? How are we supposed to, number one, retain our staff? Always an effort um, at, at our spas to look at that first. You know, we've invested a lot of time and money and energy into helping our uh, folks grow into their greatness. And the last thing we want to do is lay all those people off and or tell them that we have to cut hours or we have to do anything creative. You know, when COVID hit, we had no choice but to restructure our payment plans, um, our payment, I should say our compensation plans. Um, we had to go through some different metrics just to, you know, we had to modify our, our menus. There were a lot of treatments we couldn't even perform. It was a whole giant mess, right? Well, not any different than what we're seeing now. If you've lived through the COVID years and you've had, you know, if you're still talking, you know, about it and you've got, you know, that story behind you, then this is no different. This is just another piece of uh, growing into your strengths and possibility and really expanding your mindset. The med spa industry is changing, guys. I, you know, am thrilled to see change. I actually really love change. Um, but it's also kind of, I'm also kind of one of those people that just kind of like enjoys that kind of shifts and all of that. So it's, um, it's not for everyone to really ride out change. Um, and so I get encouraged by it because I'm like, oh, great new opportunities, but sometimes it can be a little unnerving. Um, I even get a little jolted sometimes. And so don't feel bad. Don't feel bad if you get to a point where you feel like, you know, I don't even know how to keep up anymore. Everything seems to be shifting all the time, new treatments, new procedures, new laws, new everything. And now the consumer is getting weird. Um, no, it's just 
just got to learn how to play a new game. That's all. So what does it look like right now for the, you know, I would say the next, um, looking at the patterns of how, you know, be consumer behavior patterns, you know, I'm kind of patterning it. I got into the business right after 2008 when things were still weird, people were kind of coming back, um, you know, lots of crazy happened, lots of med spas went under, lots of people lost their homes. It was just a lot of crazy happening in those years. And so I kind of got like the boot camp shot in the arm, better sink or swim um, lessons um, taught to me in those moments. And I was able to, you know, turn a lot around by simply taking a step back and thinking about what your consumer needs, not what they want, but what they need. And what they need is they need to feel a sense of security. They need to feel like they're doing something for themselves. They need to feel like they've got a handle on it and it's not going to be overwhelming. It's not going to be a huge expense. It's not going to be a crazy amount of output or financial commitment and that you understand that they are your priority. You are, you are, you know, in this partnership with them all the way. And so empathy goes a long way right now. And I know the whole game is like, we got to keep our numbers up. We got to keep our, our, our overhead is huge and all of that. Don't be afraid to start. I mean, I've, I've podcast about this before. We've talked about how to, um, how to save money. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, it's a couple episodes back. Um, don't be afraid to restructure, you know, your everything, look at everything. Look at how you're collabing with other, you know, vendors. Look at all these different pieces um, in the name of preserving the integrity of the relationship with your customer. And so how do you do that if you're, you know, first of all, if the first thing we all do, right, everyone, is let's do a promo. Let's do a promo. Let's do a promo. Let's do a promo. Yes, promos are fine. And I love promos. I'm a Groupon, you know, joiner I from early in inception years ago. Um, we still run Groupons. We love Groupon. It's great. You know, if you know how to sell, you know, um, and convert those clients into members and everything else, they're terrible if all you're doing is cashing that Groupon and you're, you're, you know, wishing them a nice day. So you have to go through, you know, those pieces to just kind of put it in perspective. It's a box. It's a box on the shelf of like, this is what you reach for when you want, you know, to get this type of energy and, you know, consumer coming through your doors. Um, but there is so much you can do on a retention level and outreach level with your existing clients. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how we can keep them engaged, make it comfortable and make it feasible on a financial level, because I feel like that is where the real value is going to come in for, you know, the med spas that are really, I mean, you're, you're in a good place, you've built, or even solar practitioners, or even someone that's coming into the business, you know, it's like, you've built up some good, you know, faithful clients, you've worked in um, some spaces, or maybe you're collabing as a newer injector with someone that is already in the market, um, there's a lot of folks, we talked about this um, in the past too, there's a lot of folks exiting this space right now, retiring. And so there's doctors and folks that are ready to retire. And so they have clients, they have folks that have trusted them over the years and done so much with them. So there's no reason why you can't, you know, really, really go back to that client base, search out the wants and needs and sit down in a quiet space and just make a list. What do our clients really want from us? What do they come to us for? You know, if you've built a practice on injectables only, I can only help you so much because I'm not a believer in that. 
I love injectables. I love adding them, but they are icing on the cake and they are not the cake. I'm a big believer in make good cakes and the, you know, the icing is always going to sit right and it's going to do, you know, right. But it's also a, a consumer. If you built a practice built on injectables, you've, you've basically built a, a practice built on a consumer that's only going to come in um, every three to six months. Um, and I've seen that happening a lot and that's why I'm feeling a little curt about talking about it because it's like everyone's getting on this injectable bandwagon and it's like, you don't realize that, you know, you got to cash flow your med spa, your practice, you got to build a, not even that, you have to build a client consumer factor built, you know, to your, to your whole relationship. Um, and, uh, that trust and it's so, um, so critical, so critical because you end up getting to that place where your client looks at themselves in the mirror and they're like, you know, I've been doing injectables for a while, but I just don't see my skin improving. Um, I had a conversation, just a quick, you know, side story. I was at a, um, a croquet um, ma uh, match gathering uh, last weekend um, out in Malibu and it was a birthday party and it was so much fun. Um, met a gal that is, you know, probably hitting into, she's in her 50s um, needed some really good attention to the integrity of her skin. She just told me, and it was like, you know, we're in LA. It's not a big deal for people to spend $20,000 on their face. And so she's like, I spent uh, so much money on, I just had a facelift. I just had, um, all this work done and, um, I keep going back in, I'm going in for Fraxel. I'm going in for, um, this wasn't a client of mine. This was a friend of a friend. Um, and I need to get, you know, more done. But I'm just like, I'm at a point where I'm just like, I don't know what else to do. And her skin looked extremely just tired and really, really overworked and just not, the, the integrity of her skin was so not good. And I looked at her and I said, you know, what are you doing at home? Because we all know, you know, if, we, if you're in the skincare game, what are you doing at home? Um, and again, this leads up to how do you, you know, get to that place with your client that you're sustaining. So follow me here. Um, you're doing some peels. Are you doing some, you know, home care? Are you doing some exfoliating? Are you doing some nurturing and hydration? You know, what's, what's your actual, you know, product line look like? And, you know, we know, we know that 80% of the, the, when is what goes on at home. And so, um, she's like, yeah, I have these products and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so the people that gave you a facelift and all the, you know, fractional folks and everything that you've been doing, um, have they actually educated you on the home care part? And she's like, yeah, well, they tell me I need to do this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but are you cycling your skincare? Are you, you know, how, how's your retinol use? What percentage retinol are you at? Um, so many things surface, you know, is there a copper peptide worked in there anywhere? So many things surfaced in that conversation where she just kind of like looked at me in complete horror and disbelief that nobody told her this stuff. They are they're, they constantly are telling her she needs to go back under the knife, constantly telling her one more machine she needs to buy a package of three of. They're constantly pitching, you know, left and right you know, treatment, treatment, treatment. This is what you need. This is, you know, we're going to do a Cosmolon peel next. We're going to do, and, and nobody's talking to her about what she's doing at home. And so again, you have to get to the point where you're really understanding. You might be saying, Patty, but I don't, you know, I'm a, I don't make my money off of home care. I want to encourage you to rethink that. I want to encourage you to re-look re at what you have on your shelf and understand that, you know, if you're selling a hundred dollar product, or more, you know, a lot of our med spa products, you know, retail products are a hundred dollars or more, um, on your shelf, then you probably are already at a 50% margin, right? So let's say you're bringing your, you've got, you know, 50 bucks on that hundred dollar product. 
and someone's actually buying a regimen, which we know that those retail products need to actually, you know, they get used up. So they need, they, they, they get restocked every uh, two months max, right? And so now you've got, and, and we know that they need, they need a good hydrator. They need a good exfoliant. They need a really good cleanser. Um, they need, you know, some retinol. They need all these different. So you've got at least the five, right? Top five that you, and, and, and definitely a, a serum, like some level of, of um, vitamin C and that sort of thing. You've got your top five, which we all know what those are, right? We, we know what people, we know what clients need to do at home. So you got at least $500 to $1,000 worth of products right there. You know, that in itself is a huge supplement. You don't have to pay payroll on product that's sitting on the shelf. You don't have to, you know, and you know it's going to get restocked and you know it's going to work for them. And here's the best part about it. By the time they get back in your chair, you are looking like a total hero because their skin is different. You just know it's going to be different. Um, you know that they're going to have, you know, that high trust loyalty factor. So anything you recommend when they get in that chair is going to be a yes. You know, people will make money for the things that they truly believe in that they absolutely can't live without, right? Um, they'll, they'll, they'll make that money happen somehow. And so it's not really about, you know, how many packages and how much discounting promo can we do? Um, to get people back in, get them back in now because we're, we're losing our margin. We're losing our bookings. People are sitting, they're not working. You know, it is about getting back to your consumer and understanding where they at now in the name of keeping your staff booked. There are so many ways that you can do that. And I'm going to share a couple of, um, tips that we've just known to be tried and true. The key is, is that if you're not out the product, you haven't injected the product in their, in their body, or you're not, <coughs> excuse me, giving them services and then you're having to hold on to the credit and hoping they're going to pay you. If it's just a simple matter of breaking it up into a few feasible options. So let's say you do a, um, a service plan that is going to include maybe a couple micro needles, um, maybe an RF micro needle, um, appeal, and then a little bit of maintenance, um, a couple of hydrofacials or maybe some peels on the back end. Um, some lighter, no downtime ones, right? And so you're packaging all that up. You've got a good plan for them for the rest of the year, going through this, the winter season. Um, and they're not necessarily able to obviously do it all at one time, um, but you're able to factor it out. It's like these treatments are going to take a few months. They're not going to be all done at one time. They can be broken out into a series and they can pay as they go. And so if you find ways for them to do that, and sometimes, again, you can go through some of these third-party finance options, which are great. Um, the thing with those is that, you know, they're probably going to charge some interest, which clients right now are a little bit kind of, you know, they don't want to incur more interest. They don't want to incur more things on their credit, which that's the challenge right now. People are living out their credit cards. So you can't just, you know, expect them to add more for this. But can you hold a note? in-house. And in what I mean again is not extend your services and your products to where you're giving full-on, you know, credit that you haven't been paid for. Um, but if it's a payment plan and you know it's going to take them six to eight months to get through this treatment series 
and you can break it up into continuous, you know, monthly payments. Yes, you run the risk of them not doing all of them and then stopping the payment plan, but you also have them on a program that they've committed to and they can comfortably say they are able to swing it. And so again, how, how does one even have that conversation? I'll talk about that in just a minute. But um, the, the whole point is, is that you want to, again, come down into the trenches. People are in the trenches right now. They're trying to kind of dig their way out. And so as far as living paycheck to paycheck, working through the channels to get, you know, back to that place. And yes, people are booking, but they're not necessarily booking at crazy levels like we've seen the last few years. Well, there's been, you know, economic reasons we've seen that in the last few years. Um, but now it's like, okay, we got to get back to a plan that sounds and works for their, you know, again, if you've built your practice on injectables, this is a harder model because, you know, you've got to give the product and then you may not get paid on the front end and then you're running, you know, now you're going into collections, which is a whole nightmare. So I don't recommend this for injectable, um, injectable only practices, but if you're doing skincare or body work, these are ideal ways to really, really get your client on a program that is again, bite size, able to chew, not make them feel like they're, you know, overwhelmed or too much and able to maintain your cash flow. And also you can, you can budget when you know, you've got, you know, 20 payment plans and you know, you've got people that are, you know, super excited about, you know, the fact that they can feasibly do these services. Now you can budget. Now you can actually plan your staffing, your payroll, you know, all of it that it really makes sense for you to be able to, you know, cash flow your spa without having to have the challenges of figuring out like, how do I pull it all together? How do I even know what clients are going to come in? um, next month. And what if they don't book? And now, you know, they're going to be coming in They're They're, you know, and again, they could fall off that happens, but the fall off is very minimal. If you make it make sense for their budget. Now, how do we have that conversation? It's a tough conversation. Money is always the biggest problem for everyone, right? It's like, I don't like talking about money. I'm a medical professional. I don't like having to, you know, get down to numbers. I want a receptionist or a cosmetic consultant to do that for me. Yes. But what if you don't have that? You have to learn how to, I was, you know, this goes back to my whole years of being a kid when I used to have, um, I had a stepmom that was really more about like teaching me how to be a woman kind of thing. You know, she was very adamant about that. She's like, you need to learn how to be, a, you know, cause my mom was cool, but you know, she was just kind of laid back about all these like roles about how women are supposed to. And she used to tell me, she goes, you need to clean, um, your, you need to wash things and do your chores, um, for yourself. She didn't make me do chores for everyone else, but I used to have to clean my own bathroom. I used to have to clean, you know, I used to have to wash my personals in the sink. Um, and I was like, why can't I just throw you in the washing machine? You know? And she's like, no, you actually have to know how to do, you know, the self-care pieces. Um, I used to have to do, um, things for my body that I didn't understand. Nobody else my age used to have to do. And the, the whole, like, you, you can't go out in the sun. And she was very, very conscious about everything about, you know, being a woman. And I appreciated that, you know, back in those years I didn't, I thought she was just an evil stepmom. But now as an adult, I look back and I'm like, oh, she's the reason why I don't have wrinkles right now and all these different, I'm almost 50 and I don't have wrinkles. And I'm like, oh, okay. Cause she made me see the value of these things. And the other thing too, is she says, and I would tell her, I need to hire a maid. I'm going to hire a maid when I'm an adult. I don't even know why I have to do all this. Why don't we, you know, just have, you know, whoever was taking care of our house back then, um, you know, do all the laundry and everything. She says, no, you, you wash your personals in the sink. You, um, you take care of your own bathroom. Um, no one's going to care 
for your, you know, immediate space and your personal items and things like you do. And when you do hire someone to do it, you need to know what the standard is going to be. You need to know what that looks like and you need to feel like they are doing how things how you would do things or you need to correct their course obviously and I thought about that later on many times in life I'm thinking to myself you know I don't to this day I don't I don't wash my personals in the sink but um, when I do get you know linens and things that I don't trust to the dry cleaners or to the laundry service or anybody else I will wash them myself and put them, you know, hang them in. And I, I take so much pride in that. And I go back to the fact that I really do feel that there is definitely some merit to learning how to do it, even though I don't do it myself every time. And that's what is the same, you know, message that I would say to someone that is in the medical space that has is a medical licensee that, you know, is not used to talking about money, is not used to selling, is not used to breaking things down into payment options, is not used to doing all that stuff kind of need to learn how to wash your, you know, personals and get it, get through that chore so that by the time you have someone doing that for you, they're representing you and it's feeling like how you would want the conversation to go with your client. And so, um, that whole, you know, process is an easy one when you, you, you talk about things like bracketing. And what I mean by bracketing is you want to give people zones that they can comfortably navigate. You never want to come right out and say, you know, it's like, okay, they, they, you, you laid out a, a package series for them. Um, it's not all about buying them all at once. You're, you're on this plan. You're like, okay, Patty, I, I'm, I broke it down into a series, a game plan for the next several months. I know what needs to happen for this client. Uh, I know what kind of home care they need to take home with them. Um, again, I don't extend the credit to the point if they're walking out with product, they need to pay for that product. At least the, the, the down payment on that payment plan needs to pay for that product so that you're not out the money or if they're, you know, if they're walking out with retail product or product in their face, you know, they need to pay for that on the front end. And so that those costs need to be covered on the front end as a form of down payment. Now on a form of, you know, payment options, again, if you're breaking it up, the, the natural conversation is to simply come out with, you know, why don't you tell me a little bit about what your current um, budget looks like for, you know, your self-care, overall self-care, you know, are you doing some, you know, different exercise classes? Are you doing, um, I want to see if maybe we can actually cut some corners on your skincare by taking a look at what you're doing holistically. And so they'll say, yeah, I end up spending, maybe everybody knows that, you know, that what they spend on themselves, you know, I spend a couple hundred dollars a month on my hair and my nails and blah, blah, blah. And, okay, great. Um, and then you go into products, you know, what do you, what, what kind of stuff are you doing at home? Let's see if we can actually, um, you know, taper some things by the things you're doing at home. And again, it's, it's a journey conversation. It's not about like how much can you afford? And it's certainly not about, and, and the way that you make it really personal and as in I'm joining you on this journey to explore options is you make it about yourself too. You say, you know, I always have to kind of find ways myself to get the most, you know, bang for my time and my money. It's not just money. Um, it's more about like, do I even have time to sit in a chair and do all these things? So let's talk a little bit about what, you know, you're doing at home so that maybe we can actually, you know, taper back some costs of what you need to do here at the spa um, on a long-term basis. And also, um, you know, even if it, ma it makes sense to try some things that are new 
we can find ways to creatively do that because we do training days and different things like that. And again, it's not saying to them, looks like you can't afford this. No, it's saying to them, gosh, you know, it's like a lot of my clients, third-party stories, always third-party stories, makes it so much easier, right? Um, my clients are telling me that, you know, doing some of these newer treatments that we are offering can be a little challenging right now. Um, is, is trying some of these newer treatments. Is that something that you're interested in? Um, yeah, but I don't really, I don't have the funds either. Okay. No, no problem. I'm, I'm actually curious to see if you're maybe interested in doing some training or, um, or being one of our models or, you know, again, tease out the interest first. You can figure out the money part later, but tease out the conversation to where you can actually get a handle of where they're at. We're, we're, we're empathizing with the client. We're understanding where, you know, where their mind is, where their wants and needs are. And again, give them what they, you know, want, um, you know, offer them what they want, but really give them what they need kind of conversation. And so it comes back to what does that look like on a, um, an ongoing basis? Okay. So you're, you're able to maybe try some of these services, maybe as a model, that sort of thing. Um, what I just did recently did is I did a blast for models. I had a whole bunch of people sign up to do injectables and different, you know, model type, you know, services. Uh, but obviously those folks don't have all the income to do all these services right now. Then it was a conversation about what does that look like on a long-term level? Is that something you'd want to do maybe, you know, today or, you know, in the few months, or do you have like a goal in mind? And then you get a timeline. And so you understand, okay, I'm, I, I don't really, I, I want to do these services. I don't have all the funds up front. I may be able to do something, maybe pay a model fee, maybe able to, you know, and again, you can call it a model fee. It is a model fee, but it's not your full retail rate. It's it's simply a it's a promo rate without you coming out saying promo promo promo, right? Um, you don't want to condition the clients to think that that's all you're about. And so now you're coming in with like, okay, um, and timeline. I understand where. Okay, great. You're wanting to do um, a couple months out. Great. And so little by little, you start really formulating your game plan and how you want to see that play out for the client and how it fits with what the client's wants and needs look like, right? And so then you start going into more of bracketing, which is what we talked about earlier. Bracketing is where you say, okay, so we have so many different options and, you know, clients are all over, you know, the board with what they can do and timeline and everything from what you're telling me, maybe you're wanting to do this in the next couple of months. Um, you're looking to maybe do, you know, cut some corners and maybe do a little bit of your exfoliation, your chemical peels and stuff, maybe the home care versions so that by the time you're back in the chair here, we're doing some, um, some really good, um, you know, in-depth treatments, uh, laser treatments, or maybe an RF microneedle or something like a, you know, a, a PRP. Um, and that, does that make sense? Yes. Great. Perfect. All right. And so we're looking at maybe doing a few of those, but if we're doing a few of those, we need to make sure that we have those lined up for you in a way that makes sense. Um, so again, trying to understand, you know, what, what, where you're at, let's see. Um, so we have folks that are able to do like anywhere from like hundred to $200 a month based on their self-care, you know, funds and the things that they're doing. Then we have other folks that are spending like 500 and up a month um, because they want to kind of do them closer together more aggressively. Um, and then we have folks that obviously, you know, are coming in every week. Um, and again, make it about time, not people equate time to dollars. So you don't have to spell out, you know, this is going to be, 
you know, X amount of dollars. Once they know that they're coming in more repetitiously and, and people are opting for that, you know, as, as one of the options, in their mind, they're thinking, oh, they're, they're spending more money because they're coming in more often. So you don't have to make it about money. Again, we're trying to simply have that empathetic conversation that makes a lot of sense to your customer without having to get into the nitty gritty of how they spend their money and how many, how many dollars it's going to take or what kind of promo we're going to throw at them. No, we're keeping all that conversation off the table. So now they're like, yeah, you know what? I could probably, you know, based on what you're telling me I need, um, I can do these services at home and get my, you know, stay on my path. And then I'm going to do these services next um, here. Um, I can afford maybe a couple hundred dollars a month to get these things done or maybe a quarter um, get these few things done and then um, and again lay out the plan for them and and then you can go to okay great these this is what we're on this is the the, the dollars that you know in your mind not not re recalculating for them just in your mind um, these are the dollars they can spend and now I can put together a payment option for them and again the first thing you want to do on that front end of the payment option is you want to make sure your hard costs are covered that would be part of your deposit so that you're not out the money in any way Again, if they fall off their plan, it's simply they're just not continuing to do services that are not even done, performed yet. They're supposed to be performed in the future, so you're not even out payroll dollars at that point. Um, and then, you know, you you present more of like, oh, okay, sounds good. Sounds like we're on the same page. These are the services you want to accomplish. This is how we're going to um, break it up over the next several months. Um, One to $200 a month. I think we can get you in that price point. Um, and these are the, the products that you're going to take home so that you can do more um, home care and really continue on your regimen because the biggest thing I don't want to see you do is fall off your regimen because you're not getting in as often or maybe because, you know, it may be a time constraint for you. Again, make it about time, not money. People equate time to money so you don't have to worry about, you know, spelling it out for them. And then it's more about making it make sense on a logistics level. Great. So if we did um, an in-house program for you where we're just simply, um, you know, you're doing a, a payment option, would that work? Um, if we can make that work, would that be, you know, attractive to you? Or would you rather us actually see what we can get in the form of finance? Um, you know, I always like to see folks not have to do, you know, credit checks or do all that craziness um, and that sort of thing. And nine times out of 10, the patient's going to say, no, I'd like to do a payment option in-house if you have that. I didn't know you even offered that. Oh my gosh, that's great. Um, I don't have to like pull my credit or I don't have to like, you know, affect my credit score even better. Um, and so, and the other thing too, is that I don't have to report it, you know, to my spouse and my spouse doesn't have to know what's it they don't have to know what's going on right which is always kind of a nice thing um and so these are things that are you know again super easy without having to have that promo 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 conversation discount 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 um or even worse make people feel like they can't afford things this is a way that you can actually you know nicely get into those you know powerful conversations because you're diving deep into their emotional state they're 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 used to living their life a certain way and now they're like having to make concessions but the reality is you're not making it about money you're only making it about you know their timeline their time availability how many times can they get in how soon do they see themselves doing you know getting accomplishing these results and at that point you can then turn that into a very attractive um 
you can call it a membership if you'd like. If you want to package it that way, it's a little more difficult when you package it as an ongoing membership. Or you can call it a self-care program or a, you know, a wellness program, um, a customized wellness program, a tailored well. People love those words and they feel like you've really got, and you are, you're going to bat for them. You're going to. And so as a practitioner, this is why it's so important to not just hand this off to your cosmetic consultant, which cosmetic consultants, if they're trained, they, they, know, they know how to do all this. Um, but let's say you don't have that and you need to have that conversation with them or you're simply just hoping for the best that they're going to come back in. Um, or even worse, please don't hand it off to a receptionist that is not really, you know, in the same position as that trusted care provider that you are. You're having a high trust conversation where people are navigating their wants and needs with you, feeling like you've really got them. It's sometimes it takes time to put these together. You can book that as a consult time on your schedule only. We're going to actually do a little skincare evaluation. If you have, um, we have these skincare evaluation um, machines that you, uh, it's a great time to do this when you do this type of skincare evaluation in your um, office. If you have a machine that actually reads their skin, tells you uh, their hydration levels, their aging process, all of that, their level of sun damage, then this is an amazing time to book this type of consult. Um, because it's going to give you so much to talk about with, you know, once you look at those reports, if you don't have that, that's okay. You can put them under a woods lamp, which are like 20, um, I would say maybe like 25, 30 bucks sometimes, um, on Amazon. Sometimes they, they range, they're under a hundred bucks. I know that they're like literally inexpensive and you can look at their skin. You can look at the sun damage with the woods lamp. Um, and have this type of high trust conversation that way too. And again, book it as a consult, spend time with these folks. And I promise you, promise you, promise you, you are not going to have trouble in any way, shape or form, retaining your clients, keeping them coming back in on a regular basis and having that. Um, and your referral base is also going to go off the charts because, you know, anyone that takes this kind of time with their clients is, you know, you're breeding gratitude. And so the client is going to feel like you are just such a huge, hero and they're going to want to share this with their friends and family so you're really really you know setting yourself up for great referrals and that's how you're going to be able to really navigate these next few um years and months i would say I'm hoping for months. Anyhow, I'm going to wrap on that, guys. If you have any questions, please do reach out. PattyRappa.com is my website. Um, and then you can also find a lot of tools, amazing tools, on our um, MedSpa RX website, which is LooseBusiness.com, L-U-Z-Business.com. Um, and I look forward to your questions. These are amazing. This actually, this whole segment was based on some questions that I got some from some of my consulting clients. How do I actually navigate this next season? And um, I love it. Love it. Take care, guys. Have a great rest of your week.
paint. So as we had discussed earlier, recruiting for mission-minded staffing is so, so important. You're going to be looking to recruit nurses with very little sometimes, almost no experience. You're going to want to look at your Indeed ads. We really like using Indeed. Um, setting it up in a form of offering opportunity, again, where nurses that possibly had a very hard time getting into this med spa space will flock to your doorstep. How does that happen? When we run our Indeed ads, we are very intentional about adding will train. So junior aesthetic nurse will train is usually our subject line. And then we have templates here in the training that you can use for recruiting purposes. And that allows you to then structure your ads to really get the most traction so that your nurses know that it may be a simple interview, but there's going to be lots of different steps to the onboarding process. In your onboarding protocol for onboarding new RNs, you'll be able to see the different steps and what the ads and what the letter of interest is essentially like. For the onboarding requirements, you do need to make sure that your nurses have insurance and this is to protect themselves. So if they're ever named in a lawsuit, the spa's insurance or the doctor's insurance may not necessarily fight for the best interest of the nurse depending on the circumstance. For your nurse to have her own liability insurance will ensure that she has the funds to argue and stand up for herself and her license in a court of law should it ever get to that point. And then we also have a very intentional training with purpose. So as you are going through the process of training up your nurses, you're going to have them first look at all the different online preview protocols and didactics that we have in our learning centers. And what that's going to do is going to give a preview as to what they can expect once they're on the floor training. It's very hard for a nurse to know what to expect otherwise. So it's such an essential piece for them to spend at least 10 to 15 hours reviewing not only the handbook, but the, also the podcasts and the video trainings that we have in our library. That's going to set your nurse up for success. So by the time she comes onto the floor to learn and train, she will have a great grounding and understanding as to what she is about to take on as her new lesson. It's also important that you build in disciplines and evaluation periods. Although we don't make it a practice to sit down and do formal evaluations every six months or a year, it should be something that should be done on a regular basis. And what does that mean? That means that we do have checklists and things that you can look at along the way. It's important for you to be evaluating not just on everyday performance, but how does your nurse actually get booked? Does she have a big demand? Does she have repeat clients? Or is she tipped on a regular basis? Or is she making her sales quotas? 
Or is she looking for opportunities to market herself outside the spa so that she too can bring clients in for herself? These are all pieces of the evaluation that are not necessarily singled out once a six month period or once a year. They're more of an ongoing thing. So what we like to do is we like to continuously be taking notes on the progress of our nurses. In the mind-body system, there is a notes section under the, each individual staff profile. That is where you as a manager can keep notes on, number one, what it looks like for them to be doing the training, what it looks like for them, who did they train with. And you'll notice in your protocol, your management protocol, there is a specific formula as to what you can put in to those notes for training purposes. But you should also be looking for notes as in is regularly booked, um, her scope of service, she's booked for more facials than laser. These are ongoing evaluations that you can do to help your nurses see where they're at and where they can be improving on a daily basis. And again, this is not a management effort to control or to convince your nurse to do more. It is more of a, how can you grow into the next chapter of your career development if you did these few things? One of the things that we pride ourselves on extraordinarily and are so loyal to is the nurturing process. So as a manager, it's essential that you're asking questions about how to help the nurse take her career to the next level, what can be done for her, how she can you know, be nurtured in a way that is going to give her the confidence, give her the expertise level. And it's not always about taking more classes. In fact, nine times out of 10, it's more about learning how to present themselves as a trusted provider than so much taking classes. There's lots of different podcasts in the Illuminating the Path um, podcast that we do on a regular basis that talk about how to show up as a trusted skill provider. It's incredibly important that you as a manager are prompting those types of listens from your nurses. Have you listened to this segment? Have you listened to that one? And then making notes in their chart. This nurse did listen to all the podcasts. This nurse held a private party, did a pop-up. Lots of these different aspects to help them see that you are on this journey with them and you are helping them nurture their career. So again, it is disciplines and evaluations, but with the purpose of really nurturing and building and fortifying that career path versus simply just pointing out things that they could be doing better. And next is the discharge and termination. We always have to cover this piece. It's not always a fun piece, but a lot of times it can be a very positive piece. So one of the biggest pieces that we are offering always our nurses to do is to stay on as a trusted training advisor, someone that could possibly be on retainer to support the nurses if and when the junior nurses are in trouble, they need extra set of eyes on a case study. These are ways that you can retain your nurses that you have spent time and money to raise up if and when they're choosing to maybe go work for a plastic surgeon or want to do something different. We've done this on several occasions and it works really well. 
because what happens is that then your nurses get a sense of, okay, this person is leaving, but they're not leaving because they want to get out of here. They're just moving on to other opportunities, but we still get to call on them for maybe per diem when a nurse is sick or need you need someone on the floor that you have trained again and has lots and lots of experience. So there's different ways of discharging and terminating a contract with an RN. The key takeaways is to know where they're at with their contracted hour requirements. So one of the ways that we are able to onboard nurses and get them trained and get them knowledgeable is to incur obviously the cost of that training, especially if they've never done any types of aesthetics training before. Now, what does that look like on a cost cash flow level? Well, initially it is several hundreds of dollars to get your nurses trained up because you're going to be paying your senior nurses a stipend to do the training, the additional training for your junior nurses. How do you recoup those costs? In your onboarding contracts, you will see that there is a minimum requirement depending on the state that they are in of anywhere between 3,000 to 6,000 bookable hours in a period of two years. And I'll show you in a moment what that looks like for that two year term. And when we put this in, we build it into our contract, it's not for the purpose of capitalizing on the training. It's for the purpose of protecting the initial investment. So the way the contract reads, and you'll see a copy of it here, is you will see that there's a minimum hourly booking requirement. If they don't meet that need or they don't book out, that's not a problem. We prorate how many hours they did work and we deduct it from the cost of training. The training is usually about $7,500 for everything, all inclusive. And that includes your uh, injectables and all your facials and laser. And then the other part is the managing of the client relations. Now, sometimes a nurse does discharge and she is not necessarily a good fit for the organization or maybe she just didn't get what she needed from us. So inviting her to come back on a one or two times a month level and having her be more of that, you know, prize nurse that everybody wants to wait to book with, that sort of thing may not be feasible. But at times, other times, it may be. And you may be able to work in uh, even once a quarter where you're saying, okay, I have a specialized nurse. She had great track record with us. She has some trusted clients that really want to see her. You know, I'll invite her to come back in and maybe you pay her a higher premium for doing a guest kind of injectables day uh, once a month, once a quarter. And that way, because you know your clients are only coming in once every three months for injectables as it is. So it's easy to book a guest injectable nurse if you feel like she deserves to have that place still within your team. And if you don't have a lot of junior nurses that are on the cusp of possibly becoming those skilled injectors, because that could take away opportunities from those folks as well. Ten. So here is an illustration of the tiers 
of training that we offer at Loose Lounge. We start a lot of our nurses out with laser hair removal depending on the state that they're in and whether or not they plan to be a mobile aesthetics provider. If they are more on the mobile level, they probably would not do a lot of laser because obviously that's not part of the menu that is available for uh, medical aesthetics on a mobile level. So you would start them out with more of that hybrid menu, which you will see in the mobile aesthetics presentation piece and the training that goes along with that. Second tier level would be more of those hydrofacials, those simple laser treatments, a little microneedling, dermaplaning, low-grade peels. That means nothing too dramatic or too invasive. Next would be your junior injector, learning how to do your PRPs, learning how to do some skin tightening, possibly tattoo removal, um, light injectables, and some RF microneedle. Next level up would be your skilled injector, and this would be for um, mini filler, light lips, nasal labial folds, maybe a little cheeks, and up to 20 or so units um, can do a little more of neurotoxin. Finally, this is your senior injector nurse, and this is about the time when your nurses that have grown up through your practice will either start making decisions to stay the course and build a brand and a name for themselves, working baseline aesthetics with you, or they're going to want to learn and build more of that sophisticated aesthetics portfolio, possibly at a different office, like a dermatology office or a plastic surgery center. Now you might be saying, well, Patty, can't they just build a sophisticated aesthetics practice with me? Absolutely. You can amend your contract with your nurse and say, I will sponsor your advanced injectables training if you agree to stay on and help me recoup those costs for a period of one more year. That way, she's getting training, she's getting the support. The key, though, is that you have to make sure that you have a senior medical staff uh, provider or a doctor or your medical director is skilled in more complicated treatments so that you nor your nurse find yourselves in a situation where you cannot help a complication or you have to refer them out to possibly a different clinic. It's important to always keep these conversations very fluid. Again, mission-minded staffing is key to all of it so that you're not finding yourself having to then backpedal it's the worst when someone says, you promised I was going to be able to take these classes. Now, I, I, now you're saying that you can't do that because you're, you're, you don't have the budget or you don't want to do more of the advanced stuff anymore. Now, you're, now I'm forced to find another clinic. These are all areas that you can easily avoid if you have, again, this floor map of what it looks like for them to progress through your clinic and at what point they're going to want to continue, maybe stay on as a trainer. The next level up is to be a trainer or a supervisor, offer more of the higher end treatments, offer ability to um, offer in, you know, more additional classes, and you can even offset some of your costs at your spa by offering classes in general with your senior um, skilled providers. 
And so that's all part of the course and helps you really, really navigate the management piece for your nurses in such an efficient, very transparent, and very honest way. Eleven. So this is a big piece of your success is to really align with the right doctor. Normally within our franchising, we will help qualify your doctors for you. If you're not already a medical director or have a medical license, an MD license, um, the key here is to not only just onboard a doctor simply because they're willing to um, lend their license to the practice, but this individual needs to have very good foundational knowledge in medical aesthetics, specifically in the area of burn management, chemical and laser, and specifically in the area of managing occlusions from injectables. So those are three very much the danger zones of medical aesthetics, and those are the areas that you need to qualify for your practice. In our Med Spa Mentor book, there is a section on questions to ask your medical director, your medical supervisor, to ensure that you have the proper backing for your nurses. I will post those in the notes here as well. And it's incredibly important too, to have these ongoing conversations with your medical director and medical supervisor as much as possible. These individuals should also take courses and know how the different facials are done, how the laser treatments are done, how injectables are done, because at the end of the day, it is their license. However, they can also still claim that negligence was done on the part of your nurses and there could be some issues in trying to get remediation. So that's why it's so important to make sure that you are pairing your in-house team with your external team on a very, very cohesive, congruent level so that you don't have the missteps of having a nurse doing a treatment that your medical director says is fine to do, but then cannot be either reversed or fixed or in many cases, if it is a burn or something of that nature, can be healed properly. Another piece of this is understanding the onboarding requirements for medical director. There should be a strong MSO in place that identifies all the roles and responsibilities and also should also have some level of accountability along the way, depending on the state, to do the signing of charts to evaluate the proficiency of the staff that is performing the treatments as well. As a practice, we have our medical directors come on site at least once a quarter, if not more often, to evaluate the staff, to continually train the staff, and to add that level of added support. Twelve, 
It is all so important to remember that even though this is a med spa organization and you are raising up a med spa practice, you're not going to have a lot of estheticians and medical assistants on staff, but it's absolutely essential that you do have at least one of each, if not both. Here is the reason why. Your nurses are going to be in high demand. They're going to be booked out. And nurses, as we all know, can have a higher premium salary. The key to having success in your medical aesthetics practice is to partition out services that do not require a a medical license to perform. And what does that look like? For example, microneedling. If your state requires a nurse to do the microneedling piece, that is an hour appointment. Half of that appointment is numbing and cleansing. That can easily be administered by a medical assistant or a licensed esthetician. There's also services in the med spa RX, in the um, skincare RX, that are very much able to be carried out by an esthetician. The peels can all be carried out by estheticians. The hydrodermabrasion, the dermaplaning, um, some of the different facials, depending again on the state that you're in, can be easily done by a medical assistant or a licensed esthetician. It's important to know the rules of your county and your state as well. There may be some additional certifications you may need to display of awareness and training in these different areas, depending on if your state requires licensing for facials alongside the medical licensing. But more or less, what we like to do is we like to empower our estheticians and medical assistants to serve as either management or admin support staff. Because many times, because it is a medical practice, there will be gaps in their schedules where they will have a tough time sometimes booking facials or treatments. In some states, those folks can be dual licensed as laser techs. Other states, not as much. So to have your medical assistants and your estheticians also learning all the management rules and responsibilities is going to fill in the gaps for your admin staff tremendously. And it's also going to give you dual purposing and give them an opportunity to make a lot more income than if they were just doing facials alone. It is a tough space to compete in medical aesthetics because ultimately clients want to reach a point where they're in the nurse's chair. So always make it a point to illustrate to your estheticians and your medical assistants that they are not in competition with the nurses. They are there to support the nurses because at the end of the day, we are all here for the nurses as a medical practice. And the clients ultimately want to get these medical services. So to have that understanding from the get-go makes a huge world of difference because your nurses feel supported and upheld by the management staff and their fellow estheticians and medical assistants. In many states, they can also do blood draws. They can put in IVs. Again, check with your state requirements and make sure that all of these boxes are checked before assigning any of these additional responsibilities. 
but ultimately having estheticians and medical assistants on the floor with dual roles and responsibilities to cross over to admin is a great formula for success. At some point, your folks will even graduate to doing full-time management because it will require that of them if you're a busy spa seeing 30 clients or more per day. So start planning ahead. Look to who you want to invite to do these services and these additional roles and start helping those folks train and learn how they can position themselves in this manner. One of the best things that you can do to assess whether or not your medical assistant or your esthetician is ready for managerial or admin roles is to have them take the DISC assessment. And the DISC assessment, there is very specific roles and responsibilities assigned to those different qualifiers that are outlined in our MedSpa Mentor book. And that will help you position your assistant or esthetician to help you in these admin and tasks that are very much outside of the day-to-day -day facial and treatment scope. One of the most powerful combinations for a medical assistant or esthetician that's crossed over to management to have is a strong D personality or a strong S personality. These two will help very much with S will be your steady accountability, those types of services and account, uh, accounting different pieces that you need to do on a regular consistent basis, that repetition. Strong D personality is a driver. They're going to make sure things get done on an administrative level. Strong I personality is going to be very much about interpersonal and maintaining the harmony and the happiness of the staff. And a strong C personality is going to be very much about the details and making sure that there's nothing left untouched. So these are all elements that you will be able to really get the most traction for in your organization by implementing, again, a simple personality assessment. And you can learn all about how those personality traits work really well within the MedSpa environment in the MedSpa Mentor book and you can really start planning out your game plan for cross-populating treatments alongside with admin tasks and other administrative roles and responsibilities too. Number 13. There is a roles and responsibility checklist and training uh, video. Here's the link. This is for you to spend some time with in reference to how to manage your med spa. It will help you understand how to position yourself as your team's leader, as well as make sure that you have some things that are in place for your success. So this is about an hour long training it's good to take a lot of notes. And again, we are here to make sure that you have everything you need in the form of support, follow-up, Q&A, as much as you need so that you truly do have the answers that you need to perform and manage a very successful med spa. The other link that we have here is more of the advanced operations. 
this will help highlight ways that you can then do more of the sophisticated things with your mind-body system and ultimately get a little bit more traction from your day-to-day. Fourteen. In your operations manual, you're going to have a list of different vendors and people that we have worked with, as well as links to Amazon, preferred vendors, folks that we feel help you build your med spa out with the right amount of basics. This in no way is a requirement to follow every vendor and every link that we put in the operations manual. It simply as a guideline gives you more of that go-to if you're not real sure which cabinets or chairs or equipment uh, pieces to stock your spa with. That said, there are some must-haves in your med spa that are non-negotiable. First is your back bar. Your back bar is going to need to be very consistent. This is an area that can get a little tricky, especially when different folks like to bring in other types of products or mixtures that are not aligned with the Skincare RX training manual. This can lead to possible reactions, could lead to unexplicable outcomes, or at best client disappointment, I should say at worst. So the key is to stay consistent. Like any other type of franchise out there, it's important to always deliver on the promise and ultimately deliver a service that's going to be incredibly well thought out and safe and ultimately render results. So your back bar is primarily going to be IS clinical. If you and your staff have not done all of the modules of the online IS Clinical University, that is a must, and that is in our training platform for all of your clinicals. It's absolutely essential that you get your workbooks from IS Clinical. You are able to see your ingredients, understand the ingredients, understand what they do for the skin, and ultimately understand how to coach clients because what you'll be doing afterwards is translating that to their home care. 80% of what goes on in the back bar area is what needs to happen on the daily at home. And you might be saying, then what's the point in coming to see us? The point is, is that you will be able to then accessorize their facials with add-ons such as a more in-depth peel, a laser treatment, or even some different fillers or threads that will give them that much more lift, that much more result. However, if their skin is in poor condition because they're using drugstore products or mass-produced products with high preservatives or low-quality ingredients, then the battle by the time they come in to see you and they're in your chair is going to be an uphill one. It's not a easy fix to do good skincare. It's not an easy one, two, three by any means to have lasting results. And so consistency is key and starting out with your proper back bar ingredients is a must. Your carts should be sanitized every day 
after you're done with all your clients and in between clients. It's good to keep alcohol and cavi wipes handy, always using gloves, of course, and sanitize not only the sides of the bottle, because we're reaching for those bottles in many cases, sanitize the rims and also other areas that could be touched by blood if you're doing a microneedle or anything that could cause any type of cross-contamination. The other fail-safe way to make sure that your cart and your back bar items always stay well sanitized and clean is to require a sterile field for your staff to work off of. What does that mean? A sterile field is where you lay out your platform, could be a paper towel, could be a dental bib, could be anything that is going to be a surface cover that is sanitary and you pump out a couple of pumps of each of the products that you plan to use for the facial and that keeps the reach at a minimal for the bottles and it also helps to quality control usage because we all know that you only need a pea size of anything for skincare and that will be described to you in your IS Clinical University training. The next piece of your inventory and equipment management is to manage your injectables. Now this is gonna be your highest cost of inventory. On average, if you're doing a third, a third, and a third of the business, which is what we recommend, a third laser hair removal, a third facials, and a third retail and injectables, that third that's retail in and injectables is pretty much split up on a 20-30 rule. So what that means is that the majority of your sales are going to be in that injectables column, is going to be in that inventory column, I apologize, is going to be for injectables. That means you're going to house approximately five to $10,000 worth of injectables at any given moment. When you are running lower is when obviously you're not doing as much volume. You probably have a bunch of new hires, new novice aesthetic providers. Fear not, that is actually a great formula to have, uh, to have one or two skilled injectors on your staff is absolutely fine as you're growing your practice. So in that case, you would probably only have maybe $2,500 to $5,000 worth of injectables in your back bar. And these would be behind lock and key. Um, we use clear um, cabinets that you can always see the inventory without having to open them up. And you can keep track and do quick inventory counts that way. You are also going to be given a worksheet to manage your injectables, and that is going to be a numbering process. As soon as they come in, you will number each one of the boxes, and then you will letter code each one of the injectables in the boxes. For example, if you get a box of Restylane, that's one syringe, but if you get a box of Versa or Juvederm, there's two syringes in each box. So when you're getting a box of Juvederm or Restylane, you are, I'm sorry, Juvederm or Versa, you would number the box, for example, 100, 
and the first syringe would be 100A and the second syringe would be 100B. And then you would record that in your inventory log as syringe 100A and 100B. And you also want to write it with a Sharpie marker on the outer ceiling of your syringe. So when the nurse pulls that piece of inventory, she is then taking the sticker off of it to do her charting on her charting sheet. She's marking the areas that she is injecting and then she can also record what she put in the form of inventory into the client's treatment. And so those are ways that you are gonna be able to manage and we will have a training on this to show you more in detail what it looks like to manage your inventory of injectables because it can easily get away from you and affect your bottom line. The next piece is your Botox. Your Botox units are incredibly, incredibly fluid. And I don't mean that in the sense of what's inside the bottle. Once you reconstitute, either whether you're doing Botox Xeomin or Dysport and you reconstitute your solution, you are now at the mercy of the nurses making sure that they are counting their units properly and charging out accordingly. Again, there will be an inventory training on your injectables to make sure that you don't miss a beat when it comes down to counting your units of Botox and injectables, your filler. The good news is, is that a lot of times you do get a little bit of leeway when you lose one or two units here and there, it's very common out of a 100 unit bottle to lose five to 10 units because it stays in the syringe, maybe um, a little bit more was diluted, um, or a little bit less was diluted. There's lots of different ways to lose five to 10 units. The key is to make sure that you're tracking it so that it doesn't turn into 20, 30 units. The next piece you'll need to really pay attention to is your retail inventory. So retail inventory is done generally once a week and that's where you're counting everything that's out on the shelf. You should generally have a ratio of 10% loose lounge products because those products, our formulations for those products are designed to fill in the gaps of where IS Clinical leaves off and it's also for more mature skin. They're oil-based products. So to have oil-based products on the shelf, in our opinion, is always just as important as having non-oil-based products, whereas the IS Clinical line is very non-oil-based. And so in this case, you're gonna have about 10% of your retail to be the loose lounge line. 40% of your retail is going to be your IS Clinical, 40 to 50% and that is carrying one of least everything, preferably two to three of everything. That's going to be around two to three thousand dollars worth of expense for your inventory. And then you're going to carry the rest in the form of Elta sunscreens and can even do your AMPMs for Elta and can also do your toners if you have high acne prone folks that need toning as part of their treatments at home. And so having that balance in retail is overall going to be about four to $5,000 on your shelf. 
and you can easily turn that over within a month's time. So on average, you will be ordering about that much if you're turning it completely over. In our spas, we turn over on average about two to $3,000 in retail per month. And that's a management piece that is very much at your discretion. These are simply recommendations for good, successful outcome for your clients. The next piece that you'll be very much paying attention to is going to be your equipment. Now, if you haven't already ordered your equipment and you don't know what you have coming, then you'll have to go through the manufacturer training, look at your manuals, look at your dates and maintenance requirements for your manuals to do the proper amount of equipment maintenance. I can tell you with full-on experience that if you're not setting aside at least a couple thousand dollars a year to do good equipment maintenance, then you are going to suffer the consequences later. What does that mean? That means that your lasers all need to have the fluids completely flushed, the belts and the hoses completely changed out at least once a year or at the most every other year. The other thing you're going to need to do on a regular basis is get your session counts. A lot of times IPL will do pulse counts on their machines. That means that sometimes they need to be reset. That is a good time for them to take a look at your bulbs, make sure they're nice and strong, make sure they don't need replacing, and also your cooling factor. Because if the IPL headpiece does not stay cooler, it could very well blow out your bulb. And we've had those circumstances where the bulb literally bursts in the middle of a treatment because the proper maintenance was not done on those machines. At the end of the day, they are lasers. They're emitting a tremendous amount of energy and it's absolutely essential that you keep them at top notch condition. The other piece that we recommend in your operations manual is going to be your diode laser. Now there's different types of hair removal machines out there and you can go with something like a YAG or a Alexandrite and those models are always very very good. The difference is, is that they're not designed to do large volume at least not in our experience. They are crystal based which means that at some point those crystals will need to be replaced very much like what you see happening in an IPL or reset. Now we tend to steer towards the side of diode lasers for hair removal. That is an 810 frequency. It covers all the Fitzpatricks and is very safe. The other thing that it does, and this is something for you to know on a managerial level, is it keeps your nurses much safer. What does that mean? So when you do any type of laser hair removal, the immediate smoke that comes off of the skin as the hair is singeing is called plume. If plume is emitted into the air, it is ingested by both the customer and the nurse. Now the customer ingesting a little bit of plume, that could be dangerous, but a nurse doing laser all day, ingesting plume all day, is incredibly toxic and incredibly dangerous. There have been studies shown that those are actually carcinogenic and can cause long-term health problems. The reason why we like to use diode lasers is because they are gel-based. They are also very cooling and comfortable to the client. 
it adds an extra cleanup step and it adds a little extra step to put the gel on but in the end it's very worth it because you know that that plume is getting caught in the gel versus flying up through the air into the respiratory area of your client and your nurse. The other thing that it does is it really helps to soothe the skin to use the ultrasound gel. And mind you, this is a clear ultrasound gel. Do not purchase the ones that are tinted blue. It will confuse the laser in many cases and it will cause a incorrect treatment. Finally, when you're using your machines, it's so incredibly important that you are always looking for small things like the leakage, any type of water flowing onto the floor. It's not unusual to have a little bit of water. These are water-based machines and they use water solvent, it's too cool. However, to have excessive leaking on the floor can be incredibly dangerous could cause electrical problems and could cause accidents. That said, it's important to very much spend time with your manuals and understand what's needed so that you are able to get ahead of the game before the problems happen when it comes down to your equipment. We'll talk more about equipment in just a moment, but before we do, let's talk a little bit about the supply requirements. So we are one of the type of spas that require no laundry. We designed it that way after years of having our assistants, managers, even the nurses having to do laundry on a continual basis. On average, you need to know that if you opt to do laundry at your spa, if you don't have the proper washer and dryer set up, that could be very costly for a service to come out and do your linens and wash the bedding as well as your towels. We were spending for a 30 day or 30 client day um, on average uh, about $2,000 to $3,000 a month just for laundry service. And that's because we didn't have the washers and dryers on site. The other point is, is that when you have linens, you end up having to do a lot of overcompensating for lack of linens in many cases because those get used up and then you have to buy extras they wear out and they are also kind of dingy after a while we designed a linenless service so that our franchisees would not have to deal with any of these issues the recommendation is that you stock all of your back area your supply area with disposable bedding sheets paper for the tables, chucks to absorb any additional fluids, gowns, paper gowns for the bigger body treatments or something that's a little lengthier, extra paper sheets to give the client more to work with as far as cover up, and warm towels that you can put in your cabbie and maintain always so that they can do easy cleanup and is comfortable, especially after doing gel treatments. These are all things that we have listed out in your operations manual. We have links for you, and we also have suggested retailers to use to keep your costs low. The key to all of this is to really make sure that you are not spending more money in your back end supplies than you would be if you hired a laundry service. Typically, you're only going to be spending around four to $500 a month in supplies a big dramatic difference than 
$2,000 for just laundry service. As we discussed earlier in the prior segment, you do need to maintain a good balance of back bar at all times. The way that we recommend you stock your spa is to have two carts ready to go, fully stocked, that can be interchangeable within the rooms or can be followed by the practitioner to another room if they need to do a quick upgraded service or they simply want to possibly do a quick treatment in your lounge area. We do always recommend that you do have an extra lounge area that is not taking up one of your rooms, allows you to do numbing, allows you to do a quick IV drip, allows you to also do quick peels or a quick facial if all of your rooms are in use. With these two carts, it's very easy to manage this type of workflow. The other thing that you're going to make sure that you always have is an extra supply cabinet with at least one product of each in there on standby. So when you're ordering your back bar, you always have an extra one waiting to fill one of the carts. There's nothing worse than getting into the middle of your day and realizing you're out of product on your cart and there's nothing waiting in the cabinet to refill quickly. So it's always important to keep both carts stocked and one extra supply in the cabinet for one of the carts if it runs out. Your frequency of ordering for back bar is probably going to be no more than every quarter and that's if you're doing facials every day. Again, it's essential that your staff knows that you're only using a pea size for everything and that you're not going to use extreme amounts of sunscreen or any type of extra materials when you're doing your facials. And again, refer to your inventory management when it comes down to learning how to account for your back bar, especially with your serums. The IS clinical serums are very watery and they can easily be knocked over. So make sure that your staff is always cognizant. And if you fear that that may happen, IS Clinical also has pumpable so that you don't have to take your dropper out. You can put pumpable dispensers at the top of your serums and that will eliminate them from being knocked over because they don't spill in that respect. Things to think about to help you manage your inventory a little easier. As we discussed earlier, it's really important that you maintain a good amount of filler products if your filler requirements are somewhere along the lines, and this is also for your Botox and Neurotoxin, if you're doing approximately 10 to 20% of your volume in these products. Now, obviously, if you're focused more on injectables, then you're going to house more. However, it's a big cautionary piece in all of the training that we do that you do not become a injectable house. Loose lounges are designed to be a skincare house that happens to do a good amount of injectables. It is looked at as icing on the cake, but not the cake. We focus on a good cake 
and we look at injectables as the extra elements that give more of that instant satisfaction, which is what frosting would do on a cake. So what do we stock in the form of fillers? As I said earlier, we are not an allergen-focused company. However, you are free to stock allergen. We simply prefer working with the Galderma products, and we prefer working with the Prolinium and also the, um, which was Versa and also Zeoman. So you're going to find this is a list of the different products that we always recommend having. And you're going to find that they're very versatile and also they do a decent amount of training and support. And there's very little guesswork when it comes down to what to inject because they're all color coded and very easy to follow. We have found that Galderma does an amazing job of color coding and coding all of their protocols with their different products. The other piece that is part of your injectables back bar is your IV drip inventory. Now we don't do a ton of IVs because we're not known as an IV brand. However, we do a fair share of them. And what that means is that you do need to always have at least five to 10 IV bags ready to go. We like to do the half hour IV bags, not the full hour ones, so that you can get your client in and out within 30 minutes and you're not having to wait for that IV to finish in order to turn over your room. However, if you do set up your lounge as we recommend, you can easily transfer your client over to the lounge area with a mobile IV cart and simply continue to let them drip as they finish up, then you can unhook them and they can be on their way. So that's going to be up to you on how you want to structure your IV drips. It is recommended that you stock all of your vitamins as you see in the protocols and as you and market your IVs as you see in the product descriptions on the website. Seventeen. In our earlier conversation, we talked about what it looks like to manage your retail. So in the mind-body system, you do have a retail inventory report that you can run to see where you're at. We also take another step of actually doing a manual count on a Google Sheet, which you will have the ability to do if you'd like a template, but you can also just simply start a Google Sheet with all your products and the key here is because in the mind-body system, you can manually adjust the counts, you don't see what number you were at prior to adjusting your counts. So the reason why we like to work off of a Google spreadsheet is to see where we were the week prior and the week prior to that and see where it is that we can spot any shifts in the inventory that could be costly, especially when you have things disappear, which they often do. This could be due to someone grabbing a quick product to put on the cart because someone ran out of a serum or a sunscreen and they didn't check it out through the front desk as a back bar item. Or it simply could be that something was not rung up or simply taken without paying. So there's lots of ways to track those types of instances, but the only way to know that is if you create a history where you can see where you were and where you are today. 
And when you're tracking things in the mind-body system, it is more of a to-date number count. So you can't always go back and say, where were we two weeks ago? And can I look up to see who has possibly come in last week that could have picked up a product and maybe it wasn't rung out? These are all things that you can catch even in your surveillance camera. And we have caught simple misses where a client will pick up a product and they think that they've been rung up for it, but they literally put it on the shelf at the front desk and then they put it in their purse thinking they have gotten rung up for it because we email receipts, they don't have to sign them and they are off and running without any other thought with good reason because we emailed the receipt. And so sometimes if those ring ups didn't happen, then that's going to cost obviously the spa money and ultimately can translate to having to be compensated by different other measures. Like sometimes if it's excessive, we will ask the staff to collaborate and contribute out of commissions. We've never had to do that, but it is part of our policy that if theft and things are happening or just simple miscalculations that it becomes everyone's problem, not just the spa and management's problem. Really keeps a very good eye on the products that way because no one wants to have to contribute to an overage fund is what those are called, where you have to fund the losses out of the perks that everybody gets. That's something that you can discuss later with your management teams to see if you wanna implement, but it is something that has been known to be effective. And these are the ways that we always avoid having to implement anything like that or work with any type of loss. So as we had talked a little bit earlier in reference to your injectables management, this would be the spreadsheet that you're keeping more of your day-to-day -day number of units used. So Xeomin, Botox, Dysport, these are all areas of your injectable inventory management that can easily get away from you if not carefully monitored. In this spreadsheet, you're going to be recording or having your nurses record the date that you received the vial, the date it was mixed, and then the units used as they're being used. That way you have a very clear, concise report and history of how the units were consumed. You can also see areas where potential loss may be happening. For instance, a newer injector, someone that may be using numbers of units incorrectly, maybe overdosing, maybe even underdosing, and so therefore causing the numbers to not match. The key to this inventory management is to run an additional sales report from your mind-body system on the number of units sold. If you're doing Dysport, remember every three units equals one unit of Botox or Xeomin. So you're going to have much more consumables on a Dysport level. And so the key is to make sure that you are accounting for your Botox and Dysport units in the form of product numbers, not appointment settings in your mind-body system. This will allow you to easily pull reports where you can see clearly what was charged out, the number of units, and relay back to this chart as in what was consumed. These checkpoints should be done weekly, if not bi-weekly, 
depending on the amount of clients you have coming in to do neurotoxin. Again, this is an area that can easily cost hundreds of thousands of dollars a year if it's not carefully monitored and can easily, easily be remedied by doing simple inventory cross-checking of usage and sales. In your equipment manual, in your operations book, you're going to see a list of different suggested machines. Now obviously, depending on the practice you want to be, and going back to your triangle, your pyramid of different levels of expertise level that you want your staff to have, you're going to have different machines to match those expertise levels. There are higher end treatments that are more downtime, such as lasers with CO2 capabilities, ablative lasers. Those types of fractional type treatments can be a little bit more intensive and require much more sophistication and training. That sophistication and training is in the form of controlled injury management and ultimately avoiding any type of massive scarring. So these are levels of training and experience that you really do need to make sure that your staff has that behind them if you're planning to bring in any of these type of higher end treatments. Our suggestion is to keep it simple and start out with the basic needs the basic foundation that is the skincare rx model is going to be your ipl machines here's some sample price points that you can base your budget on your diode laser which is again a workhorse in itself is not crystal based so it's not going to wear out as easily or need as much maintenance and it's safer for your nurses to avoid the plume effect Hydrodermabrasion with oxygen and RF attachments, always a great, great way to meet the needs of a hydroderm plus an RFO2 facial, which are part of the membership. A microneedle pen, it's good to have two or three. They're very inexpensive. You don't need to have extensive amounts of branded pens on the floor. We find that even if the engine is a little weaker than what you would see in a derma pen or a skin pen, the doctor pens are easy to get and you can have multiple on the floor and when they wear out or possibly even disappear, which have happened, sometimes they end up in a trash or they end up simply just getting misplaced. It's not a big expense to replace them. And again, you're going to get a really, really great microneedle without having to have a massive output in the form of um, startup costs when you opt for some of these other brands. And we've never had any problem with delivering a good service without having to spend thousands of dollars on a microneedle pen. A centrifuge or two is always great to have on the floor so that you can do single or multiple PRPs at one time. RF microneedle machine, that is one of our newer options. That is a great machine to have, but it's not a must. 
and you absolutely don't need it to cash flow your med spa successfully. It is one of those higher end treatments that renders a great result for your client without having a ton of downtime and can give your client a really, really good uh, sound treatment without a whole lot of pain either. And then obviously you wanna have several cabbies and steamers throughout the spa because you use those for your warm towels, for your facials, to heat water, and also to do your actual facials. Twenty-one. In scheduling and onboarding your clients, it's important to remember that you're going to always need to have a great in-depth understanding of your mind-body system. We endorse mind-body as the scheduling software of choice simply because of the ease and the functionality and also the universal aspect that many, many spas, salons, fitness facilities, yoga studios, all are using mind-body. So your customer is more than likely already in a mind-body app of some sort, working with it, understands it, and can easily find you in their roster if you're working within the mind-body network. We have videos here linked for you to learn how to set up your scheduling, how to do your nursing reschedules, which we try to avoid at all cost, but sometimes needs to be done. We also have a client management and scheduling training that is a must not only for the management team, but is an absolute must for every single member of your team, including the medical assistants, the nurses, and the estheticians. This is going to help everyone stay on the same page no matter what, if someone is out or the spa is super busy, nurses will know how to check their clients in and out, how to ring up services, how to upsell without being hindered by whether or not someone is sitting at the front desk to help check out a client. The other thing that it does is it empowers your nurses, your estheticians as well, to take more control over their book of business. When they know they can book their clients and they can actually ring up packages, gives them much more autonomy over their practice in a sense where they can make the kind of income they want to make. They can really, really set out their schedule for success and have a lot more say-so in reference to how they want to see it fair if they want to do more specializing in facials and aesthetics versus laser or injectables, they can easily get in there and make those suggestions and request those types of scheduling options when they understand how to use the mind-body system clearly. 22. So our practice at Loose Lounge is to never sound like we are trying to upsell anyone. The goal, in fact, was to create a membership model that doesn't require us to constantly be selling packages or trying to do ongoing promotions that is going to sooner or later result in the client feeling like they are not truly getting a good value. They are simply just buying 
a cheaper version of the real cost. That's not always a good feeling when it comes down to deliverable, but it's also a bad way to condition your client to see the value of your practitioners. Instead, we built the Skincare RX model to be all-inclusive for all the major facials that we do and give incredible discounts on all of the additional upgrades like PRP and threads. Now, what that does is it sets your practitioner's mind at ease that there's always going to be great amount of value built into their Skincare RX model. It's easy for them to pick up a brochure and talk about this membership. And the client has the option to do a month to month, six month minimum monthly payment plan of $149 a month, or they can buy the month, the pay in full version, which is $799 saves them money and also gives them a little bit more autonomy to schedule more often versus having to wait once a month for their credit card to charge. The other area of amazing autonomy for your nurses and for you is when your nurses learn how to do virtual consults. Virtual consults are easily done on our Moxie system. It is a HIPAA protected FaceTime app that you can set up for all your nurses on their phones. They can do virtual consults at the spa or from home. And what this does is it sets them up for success because the more coaching and the more autonomy they have over their consulting, the more they're going to have the freedom to help people from anywhere in the world. They could be on a trip or they could be taking time off, maybe not coming into the office, but still being able to have virtual consults with clients, market those clients via their social channels and talk with those clients. And then easily, because they know their mind-body system and have been trained, book their clients on their schedule and able to carry on. By the time they make it in to your office to work, they have a full schedule of the types of clients they want to be working with. Virtual consults are an amazing way to build this kind of following and an amazing way to really encourage growth within your med spa with, again, no intention to sound salesy or pushy. The other piece, too, is that it gives an enormous amount of value to your client when their nurses are available to do consultations on a FaceTime app that is protected again and that is accessible. The client doesn't need to download anything. They simply click a link and they're able to log right in.